Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen in our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We are made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community of Christ Church. Just uh, maybe, maybe not pajamas though next week, huh? Just the just the slippers. Oh man! Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to online church. We're uh, we're uh, figuring this out as we go. It's, it's uh, interesting season for sure. But if you've been with us, oh, uh, I was just given an announcement to say another one. Um, this Wednesday from 12 to 2, the uh, Aspen Family Connection, ACF, is doing the... AFC, AFC. Aspen Family Connection, yeah. AF, what did I say? ACF. Oh, so that's, yes, AFC. From Wednesday, 12 to 2, is doing, handing out food, right, I believe, to anyone that is in need at the school system, or at the school system? Do you know where at the school system? I believe by the high school. That's what I've been told. By the high school. Also, if you, they need food, I believe, right? So you can bring non-perishable food to help. Get yeah, food, I'm sure it doesn't yeah. hurt. Absolutely. So I just want to let you know about that. There's some great things. Uh, ask them, and we sent an email out there. If you do, uh, two things. If the, you have a need, if you're part of the Crossroads family and you have a need, we want to hear about it because we want to meet that need the best we can. And, and uh, secondly, if you want to uh, help meet some needs, let us know. Uh, also, we are partnering with and supporting um, AFC, Aspen Family Connection, um, in their work of uh, feeding. And uh, they're doing some really great work here for our community. So we want to be a part of that to help meet the larger needs uh, in our community as well. So some two great opportunities to reach out and help or get some help if, if you need it. Uh, and please let us know uh, how we can help um, in any of those things. So, with that said, we are in Jonah still. If you've been with us we're in this series, Trusting God, we're coming to Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 this morning. We're going to talk about this idea of faith conquering fear. And so I just want to give you a heads up here. Any questions that you have related to faith and fear, or battling fear, or how, to, how faith conquers fear... Uh, if you will go ahead and just as those things come up, um, uh, give us the number. Yep, it's 970-717-0087. Okay. I should know that by now. You probably so. should. They, they know it better than you do. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's good. So if you'll just text those questions in. Again, any comments, testimonies. We had some great testimonies for service. Uh, all of that with us would be great. Um, so uh, this morning, as I said, we're going to be, Chris, if you pull my slides back up there. Um, we're going to be looking at this issue of how faith conquers fear. And uh, the, the simple answer to that that we're going to try to uh, break down this morning is we conquer, faith conquers fear by putting our trust in the heart of God and holding on to His promises. So trusting the heart of God and holding on to His promises at the same time. That's kind of bedrock stuff for how we're going to advance faith in the midst of, of this onslaught of fear. So again, if you have any questions related to that, because this is a tough time, and, and I don't think any of us are immune from 
the struggle of fear. I mean, just we could go down the list this morning of the things that we can be fearful about, especially right now. But uh, yeah, text in your questions or comments, testimonies, whatever it may be this morning. We'll be glad to, to stop along the way in the teaching and, and address those and pray for those together here as well. But really, aren't those two areas or the two areas, I think, that are the, really we get down to the deep foundation of, of what we... Uh, when we were struggling with fear, the first one is just our trust in God. And, and well, how do we do that? Uh, that's, that is the first area of temptation and, and struggle that we run into is kind of, God, where are you? And can I trust you? And, and, and fear is what attacks that. Uh, in, in us. And the other one is just the promises of God. What are we holding on to? Because I've, I've had to just kind of turn off my, my feed and the news a little bit. You want to stay informed, but at the same time, it almost can get addicting. And, uh, and that is not uh, helping in this battle against fear at all. So we need some handles. We need the promises of God. And I'm going to give you three promises to hold on to this morning that are some of my bedrock promises that I, that I uh, hold on to uh, in, in the battle against fear. But with that said, let's dive into Jonah, Jonah chapter 3. I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 3 for us. Chapter 3 of Jonah this morning as we look at this idea of how do we trust God? How do we hold on to his promises? What does faith conquering fear look like? We're going to learn from Jonah. Those of you who are just joining us this morning, um, the little four-chapter book of Jonah, he's one of the Old Testament prophets, one of the minor 12 prophets in the Old Testament. Jonah uh, was, a little background for you is, Jonah was uh, prophesying in Israel, the southern kingdom in Judah, and God came to him with a call to take a message to the Ninevites. And Nineveh was arch enemy, they were arch enemies of the Israelites, and so uh, this uh, was brought up fear with Jonah, but also a lot of other things in his heart. And, and it's the first time we see anywhere in the Bible that a prophet uh, of God actually uh, ran from God, ran from his call. And he goes down to Joppa, gets on a boat, and we know in the midst of the boat, God's after his prophet, and he brings a storm, and Jonah goes overboard, the, the fish eats Jonah, and three days in, in the whale is where Jonah kind of came to repentance, came to back to God on this. Uh, the fish spits him out on the shore, and God comes to again. This is where we're picking up with his call again, getting Jonah back on track on what he called him to. And so this is Jonah chapter 3, starting verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breath. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, yet forty days... And Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through um, Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, um, shall taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from this fierce anger so that we may not perish. And when God saw what they did, 
how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. The word of the Lord. So, um, I want to just kind of journey through this this morning and just kind of three things to help, uh, three kind of um, insights, hopefully, that will get us uh, going um, in this idea of how to uh, see faith actually conquer fear. And the first one of these is that, oh, one more, God did not reject Jonah because of his running or controlling, but gives him a second chance. It's interesting that God doesn't uh, come to Jonah and kind of hammer him for running from him or anything. He just goes straight to him. After Jonah had spent the time in the belly, after Jonah had come to his senses, had come back to God and repented, is that God just came straight to him and like, let's go. It's time to get about this call that I gave you in your life. And I think one of the things that we're hit with, especially in times like these and just in life, I think we can all relate to it, is, uh, boy, we feel like we've done something um, that we uh, failed in a certain area. I was just talking to some people last week, um, or one person specifically, and they felt like they did something and they, they just didn't uh, uh, obey God and, and the call on their life, and, and so they, were, and they just expected God's done. So they just got to move on. Um, and that, that is not what we see in the Scripture as a gracious, loving God who is there, even in our continual running, and we all have run, just like Jonah. Jonah is a picture, really, uh, what we all have done with God's call in our life. We've all run in one way or another, and we've all messed up, and we've all struggled really with a fear of, I messed up, I, I can't, if I miss God's plan for my life, or, or missed His blessing in this area of my life because I did this. And uh, I think what right here is this bedrock aspect of fighting for, uh, against fear is really getting secure, right, in who God is, His gracious his love, his steadfast love, and his mercies that are new every morning is that he desires for his children to come back to him. And his response is overwhelmingly grace and mercy and getting us back onto that, on track with his call, right, for our lives. Do you got anything over there? Uh, we just had a few prayer requests come in uh, during worship time. Yeah, great. So if we want to pause and take, take a break. Um, we had one prayer request for a mom praying over her sons, Levi and James, who have their own families. James works in the ER. Wow. So praying over kind of the medical profession anyways, but yeah. James in particular. And then another person who actually went through surgery in these uncertain times and is healing well, but just continued healing for that. Of course, that's yeah. great. Why don't you, will you pray for us? I would love to. Let's lift those up. Yeah. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for uh, this time, for this, for this message of pursuing faith over fear. God, in a time that's uncertain to a lot of people, uh, Lord, we know that you are big. Uh, Lord, we just pray over uh, James and Levi, Lord, and anyone in the medical prof profession, uh, Lord, that you just continue to provide for them, continue to protect them. Uh, Lord, continue to use them. Uh, Lord, and anyone who's um, kind of sick, or uh, Lord, we just pray for a complete healing, a restoration for our valley and um, for our, our world, really. Uh, Lord, pray that we uh, find this a time to, to run back to you like uh, we're learning about in Jonah. God, a trying time to be able to run back to you, Lord. So we lift the, everyone up in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, amen. Awesome. Please keep sending those in. We'll stop and pray along the way just so we can uh, all come together and lift up those prayer requests.
But let me ask you this morning, does that make sense? Uh, do you understand that in, when, when we're trying to battle fear and raise faith, is I, I first have to deal with if there's something I need to get right with God on, if there's something I've run from Him in the past, I need to, to go back to Him on that, on that issue. And I need to know, right, that I, I'm secure in Him, that He forgives me, that He is beckoning me back. And no matter how far I wandered off path as such, is, is that God is sovereign over all things, and He can take me and get me back on uh, track with His call for my life. Um, the call that goes out for us in Scripture for to follow Jesus, Jesus says, you know, pick up your cross. He says, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Um, you know, Jonah, he, he, he wanted to kind of do a negotiation with God on this call, but that's not how God works, is that God comes and, and, we, and beckons us to follow him on his agenda, not ours. But we all, again, in this, in this journey of, of following God, we've all tried to kind of negotiate, I think, and this is what we do sometimes. Well, God, I'm, I got my own plans over here or something. And uh, in this time of battle against fear is, is those, those things leave doors open for fear to fester. So, um, boy, I, I think this is where we need to learn from, from Jonah and, uh, and primarily be encouraged by God's heart in this. You know, somebody could say, well, how many chances would God have given Jonah? Well, we don't really know. And all we know is that in Scripture, over and over again, it's repeated that God is a God who is patient. He's kind. He is given abundant time for His people to turn back to Him. And, and follow him. So I just, on this note, I want to just give us this, uh, one of my uh, kind of big handles against fear. And this is Romans 2, 4. And, uh, and this is what Paul says, Do you not presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and his patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance? Is we're not to presume upon God's incredible uh, patience, his forbearance, his kindness for us. We see this all through the scriptures that God desires all to come to him and he has been incredibly patient. When I look over my life and I examine just, uh, and this is what should bring us, right, to repentance back to God is, is Lord, look how patient you've been with me and all my wandering is look how patient you've been with me. So I hope you'll take that Romans 2, 4 and put that to memory that, um, let that be a strength in us in this battle, right, against fear is the foundation of that is understanding and trusting uh, in God that He is a patient God. He is, as Lamentations tells us, His mercies are new every, every morning, right, for us to come back to Him and get back on uh, track and following Him, right? So the second thing here is... Um, God calls us to bring the redemptive message of the gospel into our communities that will change hearts and bring about social justice. We see that this call that God had for Jonah is a picture of really the call he gives all of, of us to anyone who follows Jesus. It's a call to join him and partner with him in bringing good news right to others that are around us and even especially in our own communities. And it's a redemptive message. The gospel itself is, is uh, it's the power of God to bring salvation, right, to all men. And God calls us into this, into this process. And I think sometimes when it comes to this idea of fear, when fear takes over, it typically is in the midst of, uh, of us not being, right, comfortable or bold or secure in, 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 in partnering with God in that in that message and bringing that light right to a world that is desperately in need of it. 
And we see here, obviously, Jonah walking through this city. It was an amazing city. It was a large city. Some look at the Hebrew, and it could be up to even 40 miles. I mean, it's huge spread. And, and uh, Jonah is walking. It's a three-day journey, a three-day hike. Uh, to get through there, and that would typically be possibly up to 40 miles, though I'm sure he stopped um, along the way in this process. But it's interesting, just the Hebrew word it uses here for walk is uh, a, a very powerful word in the Old Testament, and it means to walk in step with God. It means to, the, to walk with Him, to walk in the ways of God. It's what we do when we are in tune with the call of God on our lives in obedience to Him. And Jonah's back on track. He's back in the flow of what God had called him to, even in the midst of the fear of wondering, these people who are his arch enemies, what are they going to do to him um, as he's bringing this message uh, to them? And for us, I think, in, when we think about this battle against fear, is many of us today have, and I think it's a growing fear, we have a fear of sharing the gospel. We have a fear of talking to people about God. And uh, this, this, we need to really uncover what that is. What, what is the fear about? Because he calls us, right, to be witnesses for him and, and to speak of the good news. But not just that, but we see also here God's, his, uh, his care for our cities, his care for what's going on in the world is, uh, I think the, the thing we have to look at here when it, in, from God's heart standpoint is that he sees what's going on in our cities. He sees what's going on in our lives. And we go all the way back to the beginning of Jonah and then <clears throat> verse 2 of chapter 1, and God's call to Jonah was to arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, call out against it for their evil has come up before me. And so we see that, that there was a time where, where uh, there is a time where, where God is seeing what's going on. He is concerned about the social justice. He's concerned about how people are treating each other, how they're living together in community. And at some point, that evil rises up to God, and he comes and brings an awakening, something to cause right uh, the people to, to change their ways, hopefully to repent, rather to, than to experience um, discipline. Um, from the hand of God. And then we see over here that, boy, isn't this what, what the king, when Jonah brings the message, it says in chapter 3, um, the king says, and he commands out to his people, right? Let them call to, to mightily to God. Let everyone turn from their evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. That's an edict that went out from a pagan king that was known for, for being brutal and... and, and uh, and continuing a, a really harsh, harsh uh, people in, in city. And so we see some amazing heart change going on there. But I think what's important is that God sees and he is concerned about what is going on inside our communities. And he calls those to follow him, not in fear, but in boldness, right? With this message, when we trust in him, is where he calls us to be the salt and the light in that community. And that is with the speaking of his goodness, but it's also getting our hands involved in the issues, right, in the, in the city itself and, and having our heart break uh, along with God's for the things that are out of line. The social justice issues, right, that go up to God, that, that rise up to heaven where he sooner or later um, will act upon. And so just a, 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 another promise, another handle for us to hold on in this battle against fear uh, this is in Romans 1.16. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. Uh, unfortunately, I think, in, in, if a lot of us are put in certain situations, I think it shows that we're kind of ashamed. I, I'm scared, I'm fearful 
right, to, to share this, this message. Um, we have to really go after, Lord, what is that? that is, uh, and, and, and that fear has to be defeated. Right by this continual trusting God and holding on to His promises and being willing to step out and, and step back into that call that God has for us. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And that word there for salvation is, is a holistic, beautiful word, meaning healing, meaning salvation, being restoration, forgiveness, um, all of these things. It's, it's a beautiful word. Uh, but what, but I think we have to hold on to that and realize it's the power of God. We're just called to present the message. It is God who moves, just like we see in Nineveh. It is His power that moved and brought about this amazing, right, revival. So. Yeah, we had a question come in just kind of talking about that, and you kind of covered it a little bit towards the end. Um, but it, it's asking, can you conquer fear through blindly following God? Does one have to come before the other? Or is following kind of a catalyst for conquering fear? Uh, so repeat that again. Can you, can you conquer fear through blindly following God? Or does one have to come before the other? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I, uh, and maybe I'd have to find out more what, what uh, the person means by blindly following God. I, I, I don't think... Um, in other words, there, there is no leap of faith as such. God has given us so much revelation of his love and his grace and his mercy and his revealed word of God, his heart, his character. So um, I, I don't think there, there's such thing as a blind, though I will say it sure feels like it sometimes, doesn't it? When God calls us to step out and, and, and share our faith or, or just serve somebody, it feels like a leap of faith just because... Um, but that's faith in action, I, I think. Um, and I just know my own life, you, you know, and Brian, we, we talk about a lot of stuff, is that, uh, you know, without a push, right, without some challenge, without being put into an uncomfortable position where I, I need to minister to somebody or share with them or, or deal with a situation of some kind, uh, you know, until I'm put in that position where I'm, all right, God, here we go. I, I'm, I'm going out. I, I need you with me, right, as such. Our faith really can't, can't grow, you know. Um, so it might feel like a blind. There, it, it never is a, a, a blind step or a leap of faith, but it sure might feel like it, right, sometimes. Yeah, and I think that is how we conquer fear. I don't think we can. Uh, so maybe this is where they're getting it. I, I, in my own experience, I don't think you can, we can conquer fear without steps of faith. Um, I, I just, I think it, it, it just, it requires action. Faith is action. It, it, it's, um, it's depending on God, uh, even if he, we feel like it is a, don, a blind step, you know. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Great question. Keep them coming in. That's good. I'll think more on that one uh, for sure. So let me just go to this third point, gang, is, and this to me is the, the most powerful uh, point, kind of the, the climax here in, uh, in chapter 3 and really in the entire book of Jonah. The many say, and I, I believe it's true, that the highlight as such in this book is chapter 3, verses 4, and you know, Jonah is going through the city and he's saying, 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And verse 5 says, and the people of Nineveh believe God. That they believed. They actually, uh, and, and we don't know how shocked Jonah was. We're just going to see that Jonah was, he had a heart problem in the whole thing. He wasn't aligned with God's heart in this mission, in God's vast love and grace. But it says the people believed the message. Uh, and they started repenting all the way up to the king. Um, pretty, pretty amazing. And so, um, oh, wait a minute. Let me go back one here. Uh, God desires spiritual awakening more than we do. 
Um, expect gracious encounters from God. God desires spiritual awakening more than we do. And folks, this time that we're in, America is ripe for spiritual awakening. We need a spiritual awakening. If you look back in the history of America and the different moves of God that have been taking place and everything that is going on in our country that's rising up to God as such, we are in need and it begins with His church. It begins with his church, his people getting right with him and adjusting to what he wants us to pay attention to. And it begins, everything begins with repentance, which is just a turning back, right, to God and getting our our heart right with him. And uh, I mean, this is an amazing uh, uh, set of events that's happened here, this this turning. And um, what an amazing thing to see all the way up to the king, right, who uh, calls a fast you know, humbles themselves before God. And we're going to, um, next week, we're going to get into this specific section in, in more greater detail. We're going to deal with the big questions that everybody has out there right now. Is God judging America right now with the coronavirus? Is this from God's hand? We're going to dive into to that question next week um, and, and talk a little bit uh, about that uh, and, and uh, the role of the individual, the role of the church, and the role of the nation in politics. We're going to kind of dive into that next week, so I'm sure we're going to have all kinds of questions next week um, on that. But this, this morning, I just want us to say this battle against fear is, I think, boy, we have to hold on to the heart of God here. Jonah was going into Nineveh, and Jonah, all he could think about was the wrath of God. All he wanted was God to just do what he said he was going to do, which is overthrow these evil people and, uh, and to bring about destruction. Uh, but God was all about grace. But God was all about mercy, and as we saw in Romans 2, 4, God is always about mercy. He is willing. His mercies are new every morning, even to a pagan nation, even to a pagan city, is that God desires to shower His grace. But there is a time, He is going to judge, and there is a time when only God knows when the evil uh, and the lack of social justice rises to Him, where He brings in some kind of wake-up call to that city, to that nation, to that that uh, group of people to, uh, uh, um, to hopefully have them turn to him. Now, there's a real cool uh, thing here in the Hebrew. In verse 4, where when in the midst of, of Jonah's message of yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown, that word overthrown there has two meanings. One is that that word is used here. Also, it's used um, in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. So the reason for this is to wake up the reader that understands, right, that the Hebrew, in, in the original folks reading this, to, to realize, to make a connection to Sodom and Gomorrah, to realize, oh, God means business here. Um, because Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed in the Old Testament because of their evil that came up, and there was no repentance. And, but the other word here, the other way this word can be used is it can be used to speak of a return, a, a turning. And so another way of Jonah's uh, preaching and his message was, was uh, expecting wrath. Forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It shall be destroyed. But that word could also mean here 40 days and Nineveh is going to experience revival. In 40 days, Nineveh is going to experience and have an encounter with God. And the other cool thing is, if those of you who know and kind of look at numbers, you know, and how numbers, specific numbers are used to, to relate to specific things 
in the, uh, in the Bible to know, know that 40 days is a picture in the Bible of leading up to a special encounter with God. And so this is just building steam, and, and we can look at it two different ways. And I think in this battle against fear, we have to hold on to God's perspective. God is merciful, He's gracious, and he, it, we are going to have an encounter with Him. Whether we're uh, uh, individually, He will come through. He says, seek me, you'll find me. Over and over again, we see the promises of God here. Um, and for a whole nation or a church is we need to expect encounter. We are ripe for revival. We desperately need it. But today, we need our hearts awakened with the reality of God. And our perspective needs to be just like um, we see here that 40 days and we're going to have an encounter with God. Is God is going to show up and do something absolutely amazing. And so I just throw some things out. We're going to get more into this next week. But just to kind of maybe uh, get you thinking. Look at this. This is a pagan, pagan nation. They were evil people. The history is full of their exploits that were really bad. And at the message, just this simple message of, of, of a prophetic message that came to them, was preached to them, they, they believed God. They turned and they started humbling themselves, which means they fast, which means that they stopped everything. They didn't eat. They didn't drink. We don't know how long it went on for. But there was a period, at least of 40 days, of some kind of, and they could have done the Hebrew fast, sun up to sundown. We're not sure. They were look at the response and all the way up to the king. And the king calls a fast and the king repents and calls his own people to, hey, we need to pay attention, right, to turn from our evil ways, as it said, and to stop with the violence with our hands. And so I just throw this out. Everything that's going on in our country right now, coronavirus, stock markets, right, just go down the list of different things, is how is our nation responding? And, and yes, some beautiful ways, some beautiful ways with all of our technology, all of our medicine, which are all blessings from God and going after those solutions. That's awesome. But I just throw out to you, how are we responding? Do we see anything like this? Now, this begs the question, is this God's hand? We'll get into this next week uh, more, more clearly. But the bigger question here is, how is the church responding? How are God's people responding? And next week, we're going to look at the verse that everybody's talking about in 2 Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 7, um, 14, that if my people will humble themselves right, and pray, seek my face, right, they say, and he promises he'll heal their land. And so we're going to really drill into that next week as we apply that because it's lived out beautifully. It's, it's, it's illustrated here in Nineveh right, in a, in a powerful way. And so I just throw that out, just how are we responding in this battle against fear, right? We, we have to uh, grow in our expectation as God's people, expecting that, no, not judgment, no. And, and this is how we should expect for every, every people's lives around us. Our city, our nation is, Lord, we need awakening. We need a spiritual awakening and begin with us. It begins with the people of God who call upon his name, okay? And so just a, a passage here, just the last... Uh, um, uh, promise to hold on to and I've this is again just in Romans and, and these are are some of my uh, uh, my favorites this is yeah. Romans chapter yeah before yeah. you read that can I just uh, ask a question someone chimed in and said they got laid off uh, in the last couple of weeks mm. um, and so would, would you say I mean I know there's many that I've even heard of um, that next week talking about is this God's hand is is that going to be a place where they can come find some, maybe some answers, maybe some hope, maybe. Yeah, uh, 
yeah. dispelling some of that fear of what's going to happen next. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And let's, let's pray here for him. But um, mm. absolutely, next week we're going to look at this issue when it comes to you know, the consequences um, as it relates to us as individuals, as it relates to the church, and how God deals with nations. Throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, um, and what is this idea of God's concern about when, it, when if we know him, his discipline in our life responding to that, and his quick grace and mercy to come in and bless us, right? Just like we see with Jonah, right? There's second, third, fourth. I know I've had fifth and sixth and seventh chances, right, in, in my life with God and his patience. So um, we're, we're going to look at those three things um, and hopefully bring some hope and some of these answers, you know, for those that are hurting, right, in this time. And, and all of us in our, in our different ways, obviously, are, are hurting and struggling, right, in this time. So we need, uh, we need God's encouragement. For sure, but why don't we just whoever that can you just lift up yeah. that uh, <clears throat> that situation? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, God, we know uh, financially it could, it could be a strain uh, when we're laid off, Lord. But we know that you're a God um, who has promised to take care of us. Yeah, um, that's right. Lord, I just pray right now an outpouring of of love and compassion for anyone who's been um, laid off. That you would uh, open your doors, God. That they would they would feel heard and seen uh, by you this week. Lord, that they wouldn't have to necessarily wait till next week. That you would be reaching out to them even now. I pray for a community of believers to rally around these people uh, to con continue to provide for them. Uh, Lord, I pray just uh, for boldness for the people who are fearful um, even, either of losing their job or have lost their job. God, that they would turn to you and uh, seek um, your provision for their lives. Yeah. Lord, awesome. I just pray for love and compassion and mercy over them. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. Someone, uh, I, I can't remember who a long time ago... Um, uh, I just forgot his name, but it was a friend in, when I was younger in circles, uh, or j I was out of, or just out of college working. And his line was, and I try to use it all the time: "The opportunity is everywhere." And in the response to to tough times, especially, is there's opportunity everywhere. And and in the fight against fear, we have to not not some cheap surface optimism, right? That that has no roots. God's people, our optimism has to be rooted in, in the grace and the love and the response of God. But when we lose a job, when we, we had a, a, a tough time, it's just like we're saying is we, we have to hold on to the goodness of God um, and, and the promises of God that uh, a closed door here, a loss of a job here is, is opportunity everywhere else with a God who, who holds all things right together. And, and to just have that stand of, of faith right before him and needing the encouragement right of others around us. So we'll, we'll keep pressing in for encouragement on that as well because I think obviously there's going to be others. If this goes on, this is going to be a, 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 tough, a tough issue that we're going to have to really support one another on. But um, this last promise, gang, is uh, applicable to all these things. Uh, this is one of my favorite promises. Uh, Romans 8, 32 <clears throat> And then we'll read verses 38 and 39. Um, he who did not, the Father, who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him, with Jesus, graciously give us all things? The Father who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us, how will he not, or it says that he will graciously, along with Jesus, give us all things. That's the heart of God. And I think in tough times like this, when we lose jobs and we have fear and we're, not, we're unsure about things, is, um, boy, it's easy to fall into really a, a, a poverty mentality, right? A scarcity mentality. 
And that, that's not what God ever has for people because we believe in a God. We're, the ch- we're his children. And over and over again, the promises of God is we have an inheritance, an eternal inheritance with him. The promises that we find in the, the Sermon on the Mount is don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Seek first the kingdom of God. And this is a promise. All these things will be added. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And God promises, Jesus promises in Matthew 6, all these things will be added. And we just have to keep building ourselves up with those handles, right? With those promises of God and understand that, man, the, 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 the scarcity mentality, the spirit of poverty, it, it comes with fear. That, those are all fear-motivated things. And usually, almost always, if fear is motivating me, that motivation is going to lead me to something not, that is not going to be beneficial for my life. Uh, people of faith, we need to, as God says, if I don't make a decision by faith, <clears throat> it is sin. Every decision we make should be um, by, by faith. Verse 38 and 39, I love this. Paul ends this whole section with this incredible encouragement. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things that are present now, nor things yet to come, nor powers of any kind, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from his loving hand. And he loves us. But remember, and this is what we'll get into next week a little bit more, his primary concern is our formation, that we would be just like Jonah, is he's after Jonah. And we're going to move here. This next part, this is going deeper into Jonah's formation. Of, 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 uh, though he was obedient, something still needed to be corrected inside of Jonah's heart. He did not understand or, or have the capacity or was not willing right, to, to embrace the vast love of God that went far beyond the barriers um, that Jonah had, or that Jonah thought. So again, how do we conquer fear with faith? Um, boy, we starts with trusting the heart of God and holding on to His promises. Uh, I hope this encourages you this morning. What I want to do now is just is lead us in uh, in communion. This will be kind of a new thing online, but don't feel if you're there and you don't have wine or juice and bread ready, don't 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 feel bad. And and if you don't understand or you feel awkward there, that's just fine. You just partake as we listen to us here and maybe prepare for the next time we do this but let me just say in preparation for this that uh, this the communion is is to be taken by those who know Jesus those who have has said yes to the call of Jesus in their life as the Lord and Savior of their life and it is a remembrance uh, of what he's done it's an expression what we're saying is yes Jesus um, and and, and uh, being overwhelmed by the grace and love of God in, in giving forth his son right for us in this. And let me just read, this is in Matthew, uh, in preparation for this. Before I read Matthew 26, let me just uh, also point you to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that talks about the Lord's Supper. And it, it tells us there that before we come to the Supper, there should be a time where we, where we examine ourselves. We, we, we see if there is something we need to get right with God or right with someone else in our family or our community. And uh, the power of this process of communion of confession and conviction is is preparing our hearts and it is one of of increasing the unity of the church relational unity starts with the horizontal getting right with god giving time to hear from the conviction of the holy spirit and then being willing to step out um, and to make right with others and so we'll take a little time here to pray and ask god to to speak to us on those things but let me read this is matthew before we come to the table it says now, this is uh, chapter 26, verse 26. 
It says, now as they were eating, this is the Last Supper, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, take, eat this, is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I love this. Jesus says, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so the amazing thing, that communion was never to be something that was set aside as its own. We've kind of made it a, a ritual or something inside church, and that's okay. But the original context is communion was always the outflow of a agape feast, of a real meal and fellowship together. And it was um, in all that that Jesus says, wow, and, and, and we should remember this when we come to communion, is that one day we're going to feast with our Lord at the table with our Lord and Savior. And, and that's the kind of God we believe in. This is the God who's revealed himself, one who wants to dine with us, fellowship with us, be with us, celebrate with us. And that's what we do when we come to the table is remembering his goodness uh, for us in, in all that. So let me pray, Derek, y'all coming up. And... Um, Pray for us before we come to the, to the table, each of us this morning. Father, thank you. And Lord, I just pray that you would um, strengthen us this morning, God. And uh, Lord, I just ask that you would help each of us to take a moment and, um, and to hear from you. If there's anything, Lord, that we need to get right with you, that we need to hear from you, God, that we need to respond to. Lord, if you bring someone to our mind a person, Lord, that we're just not right with, that we're either holding a grudge against or we know that there's something just not right with us and them. Lord, may we, may we make a commitment today or the beginning of this week to, to go to them, Lord, and try to make things right, to step out in faith, Lord, to be a, a minister of reconciliation. And God, if there's anything in our lives that we need to get right with you, Holy Spirit, come bring your conviction before we come to the table. And celebrate your forgiveness, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, we love you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for all of your goodness, God. You're a wonderful God. Father, I just pray in each household, each person that's even alone right now watching, um, Lord, I, I pray for just an overwhelming sense of your presence, Jesus. And an overwhelming sense of, of what you've You've done your care over that family, over that house, over that apartment, Lord, uh, uh, over wherever people are watching from. Lord, you care. You see and you care. And Father, I pray your outstretched hand over the hearts, Lord, that might be wrestling with fear out there today. Lord, I pray you'd raise up faith. Overwhelm us, Lord, with your grace and your mercy. You're for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to that table, your table, Jesus, and celebrate you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. I hope you're uh, enjoying this fellowship with the Lord and with us this morning. You know, it feels it feels a little odd for me. I have to admit, just sitting here talking to you at home. I mean, I love for you guys to be here with us and and just want us to all feel like we are together right now. And so, as I pray, I just want to pray and close this out. As I pray, I just I want to pray that the presence of God would, would come invade your 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 house, your living room, wherever you're sitting, and, and invade your heart in our heart at the same time um, as he is with us. Amen. And uh, I just want to pray that um, as as Steve preached this message, just looking at the kindness of God, I want to pray that we have a revelation of God's kindness and the Lord's kindness for us in this time. And that would lead us to repentance as his word says, it's, it's a promise, it's a truth. And there's no way if we recognize his kindness, there's no way it will not lead us to repentance. And as Steve shared that scripture of if my, my people will humble themselves and, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and I will heal their land. And, and so I feel like us as a church is we have a responsibility in, in, in steward, stewarding this, this grace and stewarding faith um, of, of bringing and ushering in healing for our land and for our community and for our town. And, and I want to pray, too, that... Um, that we would have faith that would descend upon us, that would refill us and, re- and be revealed to us by the Lord and fill us up. That would be faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that even if, the even if faith, um, in the midst of losing a job or, or being sick or whatever it might be, that, that uh, we would have that faith and response that even if, um, and that would, that would, that's just a revelation of God's kindness. And we see that kindness in the king, in Nineveh, he, he, he understood God's kindness. And he even said, hey, maybe, even yet, maybe he will heal us and, and relent and be merciful. And so, and that led to their repentance. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, um, Lord, that you would come and invade our hearts, God, invade us, our space, wherever we are, Lord, and just reveal your kindness um, for the, any of us who are struggling with that, Lord, uh, understanding where we're at, what's going on around us, and all the chatter and things going on in the media and all around our world, uh, Lord, the economy and, and the sickness and and whatever it might be, uh, Lord, that we can turn to you, Lord God, as your word says, keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, Lord Jesus. And Lord, may we turn to you and, and, and you would reveal your kindness to us even right now, Lord God, and that that would just lead us to repentance, Lord that we would see a turning, a massive turning in our own hearts individually and corporately for the body of Christ. And, Lord, that you would be glorified, Lord. So we pray right now, Lord, that you would do, uh, Lord, this, this amazing act of kindness, Lord. We know that you're a merciful and loving, forbearing, patient God. And, Lord, we just call upon your name to reveal this loving kindness to anyone who may be struggling there, Lord. And in even greater levels, if we've even experienced a, a little bit of it, Lord, I just pray there's be an outpouring of more, greater measure, Lord, of kindness and response of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com. 